As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. And it's all that we know, it's the way you're Give all that we got, ride at a time. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. Professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This offseason, it is our goal on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to interview each of the 2018 world champions. We want to get the NHRA Sportsman Champs, the NHRA Summit ET Series Champs, and the IHRA Summit Super Series Champs. Today's show is an extension of that pursuit. Today, we welcome the 2018 NHRA Super Pro World Champion, Pat Osmondson. Look forward to talking to Pat here very shortly to hear about his championship season. It's time for the big interview. On the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys, as promised, it's great to be joined tonight by the 2018 NHRA Super Pro World Champion, Pat Osmondson. Pat, thank you for taking some time to join us tonight, man. Thank you very much for having me on there. Congrats on a huge accomplishment. A world championship on the NHRA side is extremely difficult to come by and You've collected one in 2018 on the Super Pro side, so first and foremost, congrats on that. That's that's great. Yes, sir. It's been a blessed season being a door car. I mean, we started as a door car 
always been a door car guy. And then we break down during the middle of the season and my friend offers me to license in as dragster. And then um, within 15 days, I'm going down to Boise to try to run ET final. Wow. Pretty cool. Really cool. We'll, we'll talk more about that here very shortly. But Pat, we just talked a little bit off air when we called you. You said you are in eastern Washington, so you're, you're way on out there, a long way from Birmingham tonight. So for our listeners that don't know as much about you and your racing career, give us a little bit of your background. Kind of tell us when you started, how you got started in racing, and how you've got to this point. Unfortunately, I was, my mother raised three boys, and um, we were kind of a little, got in a little trouble here and there, and my mom found a 69 Valiant three car stick car and i got it at 16 and started street racing and i made my first debut in 1984 winter nationals in tucson didn't win didn't go any rounds but i had a good time and then that's where it started well and it's that's uh so you were 16 and 84 is that correct no sir i got the car in 80 1980 is 16 in 1984 we went to winter nationals in that car so the first winter national we ever attended was in tucson it was cold, and three guys show up down there with nothing but an old car. We actually used a tow bar several times to get it there, and then this time we borrowed the trailer to get down there. <laughs> really cool. And that's uh, you've obviously continued to race. Do you take any breaks, or you pretty much raced since then until now? You know, no. I I actually in nineteen you know eighty two graduated and went to Alaska, came back, raced the car up a little bit and went back to Alaska until 87, had kids, you know, sports. And we took the whole time off till roughly, I want to say 99, 2000 came back and, you know, just was just good old street boy, street racer and started learning a lot of things along the way, attended some small tracks, Renegade Raceway, Walla Walla, Bremen, excuse me, Seattle, uh, Boise, Idaho, and just learning. And then, uh, running the same car I had since high school. I still have it now. It runs uh, low 10s, 130 mile an hour, and it's a Super Bowl car. Same car since high school. Until same car, you sir. You still have it. Wow. That's that's pretty amazing. Awesome story. So, Pat, talk to us a little bit about where you qualified to go to Pomona and take us a little bit through that event. I, I'm, it was a bracket finals, obviously, so tell us a little bit about how you qualified. Well, I'll just kind of get real quick to it. I get down to ET finals. I don't really, like I said, I had probably 15 passes under my belt under that car and never ran a dragster. I mean, it had been past 135. And we get down there. It's a throttle stop super comp car. And if I run it on or off the stop, tried it, licensed. We go to ET finals, and I'll tell you, it was, it was a magical event. I can't explain to you how the car is just dead on. And as a driver, I don't have to think about anything as a win factor as a door guy. I mean, this thing's a lot of things alleviate this out of your mind. It, I don't want to use the word simple, but the dragster is a dragster. It is designed for drag racing. And we get there, and I don't and go round after round, and weather station was helping, everything was working, and it just, it was, I can't ex- explain it, because that day was just getting going there, and you go with that round, the next round, and the seventh round, you win against a door car guy you know who lives 100 miles from you. Oh, wow. And uh, then we come back, and I just sit here, it's a borrowed car. My friends own the car. So, and here I am today, you know, I went ahead and got lost money on a dragster scam this year. So this is kind of sour taste I'm off. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's definitely high and low in the season for sure. But you obviously made the borrowed car pay off huge. So as you're 
mowing through the rounds there in the NHRA, your Division Six uh, bracket finals, and you said that was at Boise? That was in Boise, yes, sir. Yeah, so you're going through the field there, and you're working your way towards the final. You get to the final. What was that feeling like, Pat, when you turned on that wind light right there to know that you're going to Pomona? You know, and even getting goosebumps thinking about it now. I mean, as they turn the corner, I know the guy. And I know everything about, you know, now it's it's a game to drag racing. And I just kind of look down and the flag's moving a little bit to left and right. And I know he's he just went down eight on a dial and I didn't change my dial. And so I'm thinking, I, you know, I don't want to say arrogant, but I felt pretty comfortable going into it. And, uh, and it was a staging battle going in. I mean, I knew it was going to be slow going in. And I'm on an eight, basically 880 pass on a stop. And I see him, out he goes first, nose in the air, and the red light's on. I knew he would push the tree. Because he seen what I was doing all day. I had stellar lights in the car. Yeah. And down we go on a pass. I finish that pass. Get back. I mean, I just, you know, make the turn. You think about the, your mom buying that car on the old days. And here you are sitting here. Win an ET finals in a borrowed car. You just licensed in maybe 15 passes in. Yeah. And, Pretty incredible. And, you know, I, I coast off the side and I gave, man, I gave grace to God. Looked in the air and I went, man, it's good times. And yeah. it, it sank in real quick, and I go, okay, man, I'm the ET final guy. I'm 6'1". I'll be 61 this year. And that's all I looked at. Man, <laughs> what a good deal. I'll be 61 for the year. <laughs> How cool is that? You know? Yeah, and that's all I thought about. And I never really, then, I got, then I got a weird feeling. I told my wife, I said, man, I got a feeling that I can go down to Pomona and win. And then we go down there, and <laughs> I played a little bit of game down there, moved the dialing down, get my double eight, double eight red, bring it back to 10,000. I kind of had a pattern already. I said, I know where I'm at. They were really talking about the throttle stop down there, that I have a super comp car and trim and wonder why I'm still in Super Pro running the car on a stop. My local tracks is easy to run a car on a stop due to the fact that we run a lot of heat. You guys know this back there. Eighth mile, and the car is dead on 60 foot on a stop. Yeah. Yeah, when you got a good setup, you got a good setup. It doesn't matter how you're getting there. So, so Pat, tell us about you've won the, the bracket finals at Boise there. You're going to be the Division Six representative at Pomona. How far of a trip is it from eastern Washington where your residence is to Pomona? Being in Division 6, we're pretty close there, you know, so my trip was 1,300 miles one way. Um, that, wasn't that, too bad. Is that pretty close, Pat? <laughs> 1,300 yes, miles. Like guys, I mean, <laughs> I raced some guys from Georgia, a firefighter down there in the finals, and that's a long ways from home compared to me. I'm only 1,300 miles. Yeah, still a pretty good trip. Were there any logistical issues on your trip? Did you... Did you have the time necessary to do it? Did you have the equipment to haul your car, everything you needed, or did you have some, some challenges? Going into this, we didn't really have any challenges because, you know, we have a motorhome, a small trailer. We're not real fancy, and, you just you know, I've always had a door car, and we had to fit this car in my trailer. And so we moved everything over. We'd go down there, and uh, coming into California, first time down through the grapevine, was fine. Then we had the fires. So there was a lot of fire around that area mm-hmm. during that time we were down there. So it was kind of a hectic point trying to know if we were going to get home or not. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty challenging. That was a, I, I forgot that was going on during uh, the bracket to the world finals. So that was, a, that was a rough go, I'm sure. Certainly rough for a lot of other people besides us that were trying to get back and forth to the racetrack. Pat, you're, you're in Pomona. You know, everything we hear from the racers that go out there is how well you're treated and how they just really try to make the experience something that is extra special. I'm sure that was the case for you as well. You know, I was told by Andy Slinker, who's Division 61 champ over here. He lives 52 miles. I mean, we're, we're close. 
last year and this year, we're only 50 miles apart. And he told me we'd go down there and be treated like kings. And I looked at him, Andy, because small racer, right track, small. We, I go, like I said, my kids are done now. They're in college and doing other things. So we're really focused on racing now and don't really know the big name guys. So when I got down there, I'm standing there with the, with the big guys at the banquet. Excuse me, at the, man, I'm getting kind of touchy here because we got down to the, you know, the museum. And I think looking around in there, and, you know, they have a stomach that was there with us. And I'm there with the big boys. You know, Lane's there. There's all the guys, Jason. And uh, we just, you know, like I said, you, you couldn't have been treated any better. And when I came through the finals, I got to tell you right now, when we're done, Antoine Braun gave me the fingers up. And I was like, man, a regular old guy like me can, you know, be in a big stage someday. Yeah, really cool. It sounds like they really make everybody feel special, as they should. That's a heck of an accomplishment just to get there. So, gotten there, you're going through the motions, everybody's making you feel good, but now we're getting on the racetrack, and uh, I don't know how you felt about it. For you know, We've talked to IHRA champs, NHRA champs, but on the NHRA side, there's seven divisions, there's seven champions out there, and then there's uh, one more added to the to the list on a draw. So you've got eight people. There's obviously three rounds of racing. Tell us about your three rounds, how the, the big runoff for the championship went for you, Pat. Getting there and I'm looking down the big stage and figuring out who we were and we're flipping the coin and it's kind of nice you know who you have and did a little homework on everybody in the field that week kind of figuring out who had what and who's, who we're going to race. And two guys entered basically from Division 7 and they are home track guys there, you know, so I thought maybe they had a good chance at it. And first round, you know, I was pretty confident going into it. And there was a, you get kind of overwhelmed sitting there underneath that big door going to promote him. And, uh, there were some issues going in the first round. There was a dialing issue. And I sat there not knowing what had happened. And, uh, my opponent went red. We get down there at the big end there. And, uh, we look down check in some issues and see what's going on. And, we successfully got past that round. I had to go in the motorhome, just kind of just hang out a little bit, try to figure out we had a mechanical issue, what was going on. And then the second round, we came out and hit the tree hard. Down we go, and I knew, because I looked over a couple times, I can see it on the TV. I, after getting home, I could see it. I had him covered by a long ways, and I mean, reeled him back in. And the third round is was probably, I'll tell you right now, it's it happened so fast, and the sun down there is coming down, and I'll tell you what's really obvious. Now, as a racer, if you ever get the Komodo, bring a colored visor. The sun sets in that big end, and that fire, that haze is so bad, it's so hard to read the reader board. So I had to have my hand up the whole time stage in the car. Hand went right to the trans brake, let it go. And Jeremy out of Georgia, that firefighter, down we went. 3,000 separators on the tree, 16 to 19. And I was almost ready to lift, and he come driving by me. And I was like, oh, man, I just lost. Shut the car off, do it neutral, did all the things we do, get on the brakes. I still can't really see down there. I put my head down. I was like, man, well, we made it. I looked up again, and I looked over there again. I said, I'm on wind lights on. <laughs> and it was just, it was one of those feelings. I mean, man, I, I went from, oh, I just lost to, man, I won. And I, I don't know what I was thinking. I put my hand up. I pointed it because I knew there was a camera down there, so I kind of gave a number one. People probably saw it everywhere. It was kind of an idiot thing to do. My hand was too far above the cage. <laughs> made my turn. Shut the car off. Mellow yellow guy came and talked to me. And by the time we got the car pulled back there, I went in front of the grandstands and I was just really soaked in, you know, small, small team. Uh, the car, the people on this car, Rick Martin, Benji Martin, Annie Martin, you know, and I got there by myself, me and my wife only, no sponsors. 
And then, then you pull that off, and then all of a sudden people are treating you in the grandstands like you're one of the guys who do it full-time. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Pat, the moment that wind light comes on, were you feeling pressure up to that point? Were, was it relief? Was it What was that emotion when your wind light come on? Obviously, you sent yourself through a range of emotions thinking you had lost and then see the wind light. What was that feeling like? Even leaving the first round, leaving all the way down, I was second-guessing myself where I'm at because I'm on a stop. He's chasing me, and I've been chased the whole time in the door car because I thought, if I get him on three, I'm down the big end. And as soon as we get there, like I said, the low is there. I thought I lost. Turn the car up, put it neutral, get on the brakes. Then it comes back up. And then you just you can't explain it. It's just the most wonderful feeling there is. I mean, if you've, I mean I've won a couple of wallies, you know, but this is the big deal. Yeah. And then looking back on the season we had, losing $20,000 on a dragster on a fraud, breaking my hot rod. And then having to borrow a car, I was really un- uncomfortable running a drag because I never ran one before. Yeah, well, you you obviously adapted to it very quickly and very well. Coming out with that world championship, that uh, that's an amazing accomplishment. So you, you're talking about a guy that's been racing since 1984. I assume, based on the way you're talking, this is your first world championship. Yes, sir. It's my first world championship, and. Uh, you know, I had won some local tracks, Wally's up to this point. I had two of them up to this point in Super Pro in door cars and two different door cars. And then I went ahead and uh, this year alone, won ET finals, come home, take that same car off the stop and run a quick series 32. And I won that. And then we go to Pomona and I won that and I come home and I win my track championship also. Wow. That's a heck of a way to wrap up a season that had some uh, some roughness within it. So, and another thing you talked about, you raised Jeremy Hancock in the final. Know Jeremy well. Our states border one another. See him quite often. Very talented young racer. And uh, no offense, but obviously you've had a birthday or two and been doing this quite some time. Really cool to see that guys can be doing it the length of time you've been doing it and have as many birthdays behind them as you had and, and still go out and compete, not only compete, do it at a super high level and win huge events like this and, and major accomplishments. So congratulations on that, that uh, you were in a young and talented field there and you, you come out the victor. That had to be a little bit extra special. I'll tell you, Jeremy Hancock, I'll tell you, sitting on the stage and I listen to everybody's their, you know, their resumes and stuff, and I didn't really have a big resume you know, local tracks and having fun. And, and when you really get in a good drag car, I mean, this car is a nice car. And I heard Jeremy's resume. I looked, actually, you can see it on video. I looked down at him. I knew he was a boss. The guy's good. When we got there in the finals, I went, man, if you can beat this guy, you're going to be the boss. And uh, no offense to Jeremy at all. I mean, he's dead on. I mean, the other way around, if you look at the end, end results, 1,000 finishes the stripe, that's a great drag race. Yes, it is. Well, sound like you were the boss this time around, Pat. That, uh, that's, again, very, very huge accomplishment considering borrowed car and all the things you went through in 2018. That uh, had to be the, the best way possible to wrap up the season, track championships, world championships, and all those things. But 2018 being in the mirror now, Pat, What's next for 2019? You got you a dragster on order now, or are you going back to the door car, or what are you going to do for 2019? Well, 
I've got my door car. I have that same value. I told you about 69 value. It's weird. I set it back up for sportsman. My, my wife is, what are you doing? I said, I want to run sportsman again. I used to have fun in that car. Foot braking. I have a 66 Cuda with a big lock in it set up for Super Street right now. And I've got a, I got a TNT car sitting in the garage. That's what I was working on tonight. Mark Simons has been very helpful on this car. I'm building it here in the garage. And this season, the motor that I had in that other car that most, I bought that motor. The whole combination is going in this car. I'll be running Super Comp. And, uh, super Pro. So I'm going to run a couple of divisionals like Lucas and see how I do in Super Comp. Excellent. Sounds like you got huge plans. you got a lot of different types of racing in your future for 2019. Wishing you a lot of luck out there. Or more success than luck, I guess. Yep. You know, like I said, winning the gold card kind of helps you get into some local tracks, you know, so you can do a lot of testing and stuff for these Lucas Oils and other races. And and I really want to run Super Street, and my car is set up for Super Street. You know, that's what I was working my goal for that car was when I hurt the motor in it. And then all of a sudden I got a dragster, but I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty fond of these dragsters, so I'm probably staying in this car and I'll let my kid run Super Street. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, sound like you, uh, you're going to do just fine out there in the new car, regardless of which one you choose to race. So, Pat, obviously a season with a lot of ups and downs in it, borrowed cars, people helping along the way. I'm sure there were some people behind you that helped keep you moving forward and continuing your quest for that championship, who uh, who you need to thank tonight for, for helping you through 2018? You know, I want to thank the grace of God for one thing. And uh, my wife, Jody, and I'm going to talk about the Martins, uh, Rick Martin, Annie Martin, and Benji Martin. They're the ones that loaned me the car. Benji wrecked his car three years ago. I loaned him my, my high school years. It was kind of a payback. And uh, he got his feet back under him after the crash. And I borrowed his car three years later. I want to thank Russ Allison from Allison Farms. And uh, Sean Herbs, who's a top sportsman driver. And uh, I want to thank uh, Schmidt Motors, of course. I mean, without that, this thing would not work at all. Hughes Transmissions is within that car. And that's yep. where we're at. I mean, that's about all I have. Awesome. That's a wonderful list of people and companies that helped you along the way. And I'm sure they're super proud of what you accomplished in 2018. Looking forward to seeing what happens for you in 2019. So, Pat, that, that wraps up what we called the the normal interview but we like to do something here on the sportsman drag racing podcast that we call rapid fire so there'll be uh we got five questions for you just kind of quick questions where you give a short or long answer whatever you want to give and give us a little bit of better opportunity to get to know you before we wrap this thing up you up for that yes sir all right pat real simple here question number one what's the last movie you watched Oh boy, I'm gonna think back here. We watched uh boy, what was it the flight with uh Sully that crashed in the Hudson? Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yep, I we know watched the nine and it's actually the tenth anniversary today. It's kinda of weird we watched it about two days ago. Oh cool. Good movie. Pat, what's your favorite animal? My favorite animal is a dog. Oh yeah, man's best friend. Yes. Pat, what's your dream job? Man, my dream job would be owning a drag strip. That'd be the best thing in the world. I told my wife that every all the time she laughs at me. Because think about it. I call them Pat's Burgers, Pat's Hot Dogs. It just, you know, that's what it is. We're family. You get there, you, it's camaraderie. People help each other. And you see it even in the ET Finals. People, if you, something breaks, they're overhelping you. Even the guy you just beat. There's not a better sport than we have now. Think about it now. There's not a better sport we have. People come help you after you be, actually beat them. Yeah, very good point. Great answer. What is your favorite track? 
Man, I got to say Walla Walla Dragway. Eighth mile, small, simple people, small farming community. Uh, they put a lot into it. They didn't get a lot back. And I remember sitting right there at that thing at the museum. They said, if it wasn't for the small track, we would not be here. Yep. Very good point. Any track named Walla Walla would be my favorite, too. Last question. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, if you got to set the speed limit on the interstate, what would it be? Man, I got to say, coming through Utah, it's got to be all 80 mile an hour everywhere we go. 80 is my number. You nailed that. Very good answer. 80 is a really good number. I like it. Great answers, Pat. Great season. Great sitting down with you to talk to you for an interview on your championship season. Congrats again on a huge accomplishment. You are the 2018 NHRA Super Pro World Champion forever. Congrats on that, and thank you again for taking some time to join us tonight. Really got, uh, really had a lot of fun getting to know you. I appreciate it. appreciate you guys calling me and having this live cast. And uh, like I said, without any terrain, Summit Series, and these small tracks, I mean, I don't think we'd be here. Wally Park set the standard, and here we are. Yeah, very well said. That's a, a Saturday night tradition around the country is what has helped us all elevate to uh, to whatever level we get to. So thankful for each and every one of those small track owners and, and all that they do. And again, congrats. Thanks a lot for joining us. We won't take up any more of your time tonight. Enjoy your 2018 world championship and Pat, good luck in 2019. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a great night. Have a great night, fellas. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. On behalf of Luke, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank this week's championship guest, Pat Osmondson, for joining us and certainly the sponsors who make it possible to present this show. Please support them each and every opportunity you get. Be sure to tell us what you think. Message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, or you can at either Luke or myself on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. Tell us what you're thinking, either there or Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you again next week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises, that's BTE, here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products 
products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at bteracing.com. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like Jerry. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. On behalf of Luke, thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank this week's championship guest, Pat Osmondson. Gosh, let me get that again. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.